further ado, I'd like to invite up my really good friend, uh, Aaron Mitchell, who is our Dean of the School of Revival. He is our speaker this morning, and I'm excited. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we doing this morning? I got my iPad. Oh, I got someone's Bible here. Oh, this is great. Man, look what I just found. Is this, is this yours, John? I think I have your Bible. Sorry about that. You might need that. So what a, what a wonderful week it's been. How many have been enjoying the spring weather? Yes, come on. Is it here to stay? No. <laughs> Who said that? Wait a minute. Come on, by faith. Come on. Where's, give me someone with some faith. Come on. The spring is here to stay. I'm, uh, I, think, I think that ship is already sailing, actually. But uh, that's what I love about Raleigh is that uh, you, uh, you get the glimpses of glory in the midst of winter. You, the, the glimpses of sunshine. We just love that. Well, my wife and I are the directors of School Revival. It's a two-year ministry school um, that has over uh, that has full-time uh, students, has over somewhere around you know 100 part-time students every year. Uh, we're just kicking off our new, uh, our our spring semester, and we're offering 10 classes. It's not too late to sign up. If you want to take a class, come see me at the uh, back of the room and uh, we'll get you signed up. But we have all kinds of classes that we offer, how we can grow in our oneness in Christ, uh, how we can grow in the prophetic. Um, they're all very uh, dynamic. Uh, they're, they're, every class you're experiencing God, you're learning about God. It's just, it's an incredible uh, uh, setup that we have. We have our very own Annie Bluen. Where's Annie? Are you here this morning? Annie Bluen, are you here? No. Annie's teaching Prophetic Revelation 2. How many here in this room have taken Prophetic Revelation 1? Raise your hands real high. Look at that. Wow. We've literally put hundreds of people through that class. And so she's, off, so she's uh, doing Prophetic Revelation 2. If you've taken Prophetic Revelation 1, 2 is available for you. Amen? So this morning, I want to talk about his image is our image. His image, our image. Open with me to the book of Colossians. I want to jump right into the word this morning. How many know his word washes us, cleanses us, it fills us? Paul writes to a small church plant. Uh, It could have been even the size of us. could have been a little bit smaller. But Paul writes this book to the Colossians, a church that he planted, a church that he started. And he's writing to them about Jesus, the God-man. And he's writing about how God has revealed himself. He's revealed an image that we are to gaze upon, that we are to look after, that we are to behold with our eyes in order to be conformed. And so I want to read a little bit of Colossians 1. Let's start in verse 10. So... Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us 
from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God. Now that word image there is the, is the Greek word icon. Everyone say icon. Look at that. You're speaking Greek already. This is easy, right? All right. Icon. Now, icon is, is a representation of something that's important. All right. Now, we don't really use the word icon. There's, there's a, uh, anyone know the famous rapper Icon? Right? right? You, might, you might know that icon, right? But that's not, that icon's not this icon. All right. Um, but icon is, is a representation of something important. Now, within our culture, we understand the idea of iconic, iconic figures. You know, uh, I was recently uh, reading through and listening to Eminem's latest rap album called Revival. And I, I, it caught my eye. I'm not actually a, uh, a, 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 I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself a fan. In fact, I can't even think of, I've ever heard a song by Eminem, honestly. Um, but his latest album that came out in November is called Revival. And I thought, whoa, have, have I, man, have I missed something here? Is, has he, has he got a hold of something that's, you know, this is like, and then the first song, you know what the first song is called? Walk on Water. Yes. And I'm like, Whoa. I'm like, does Eminem know Jesus? And the, the, the chorus that's sung three, four times in this first song references Jesus. And so I actually want to read a little bit of this song to us this morning. I will not rap it. Sorry, Davon. Very disappoint. Uh, but, you know, this is, uh, this is Eminem's ninth number one hit. All right? Now, let me just put it into perspective. Uh, Elvis Presley, he had ten number one hits. Okay? So, I mean, this is, this, is pretty, this is big time, right? He's done it again. He's changed. I mean, so if you don't know anything about Eminem, and I don't know much, that's the truth. But he's, he's, he's an iconic figure because he's changed the way rap is, is, is rapped. Is, he's, he's changed the, the mode and the method, the rhyming. He, he, he's an innovator. And that's what makes him iconic, right? And so... Uh, I, I thought to myself, well, I want to I know what's going on with Eminem. Now, he sings this song with Beyonce. I, I don't know who Beyonce is either, really. <laughs> All my single ladies? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that was BC. That was BC. So Beyonce sings the chorus, and Eminem sings the verses. Let's read a little bit of this. I walk on water, but I ain't no Jesus. I walk on water, but only when it freezes. Now, what's interesting about this song, and and when I first listened to the song, uh, and by the way, I'm I'm not here uh, in any way endorsing Eminem. His lyrics are explicit. He he doesn't hold back in any way. Um, He has vile lyrics. I mean, they're ungodly stuff, so I, I will keep you from the the gross stuff, and I will just highlight some of the stuff that we can talk about here in this setting. Um, But Eminem, you know, I'm listening to this song, and and I I find myself really empathizing with him. Like, he, he writes this song that's about his struggles, about like his humanity and how he's, he, man, he doesn't, he doesn't know if he's going to, and I'm listening to this song, I'm like, oh my, oh no, this is it. I, I think he's done. 
I think he's, you know, I think he's sailing his last ship and he's like, I have been wrecked by the criticisms of man. I, I, I won't be able to come up with something great again. You know what I mean? He's just going on and on about his, about his uh, insecurities. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is so sad. And then at the very end, it takes a turn. So let's read some of these lyrics. Why are expectations so high? Is it the bar I set? My arms I stretch, but I can't reach a far cry from it, or it's in my grasp. But as soon as I grab, squeeze, I lose my grip like the flying trapeze. Into the dark I plummet, now the sky's blackening. I know the mark's high, butterflies rip apart my stomach. Knowing that no matter what bars I come with, you're going to harp gripe, and that's a hard Vicodin to swallow. So I scrap these as pressure increases like khakis. I feel the ice cracking. I walk on water, but I ain't no Jesus. I walk on water, but only when it freezes. It's the curse of the standard. That's the first of the Mathers disc set. Always in search of the verse that I haven't spit yet. Will this step just be another misstep to tarnish whatever the legacy, love, or respect? I've garnered the rhyme has to be perfect, the delivery flawless, and it always feels like I'm hitting the mark. Till I go sit in the car, listen and pick it apart. Like, man, this is garbage. God's given me all this. Still, I feel no different regardless. Kids look to me as God. This is dumb. If only they knew it's a facade and it's exhaustive. And I try not to listen to nonsense. But if you're trying to strip me of my confidence, mission accomplished. I'm not God sent. Nas, Rakim, Pack. Biggie, James Todd Smith, that's LL Cool J. And I'm not Prince. I walk on water, but I ain't no Jesus. I walk on water, but only when it freezes, because I'm only human, just like you, making my mistakes. Oh, if you only knew. I don't think you should believe in me the way that you do, because I'm terrified to let you down. And I'm just like, He's done. It's over. This is like his. This is like his, his last. Like I'm. 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 This ship is sailing. You know. It's like it's like he caught this, the ship on fire and is like it, it's over. Here we go. This is my last song I'll ever do. And I'm thinking like, oh no, this guy's iconic. And he's he's and 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 just as the song is about to end, he says this because I'm just a man. But as long as I got a mic, I'm godlike. So me and you are not alike. Ooh. Oh. Wow. He, he rose right up, didn't he? Yeah. And, 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 and the song, song one ends and song two begins. And suddenly he goes back into his old self. He goes back into this very high view of himself and the world and, and how it works and how it lives. You know, as, as I listen to this song, though, and I think about Beyonce and Eminem and I, as they're singing this song, what is their image? What image are they portraying to us? You know, when, when thinking about the chorus, Beyonce sings, I can't help to hear a woman who is struggling with pessimism, disappointment, probably regret. I've made mistakes. I don't think you should believe in me. I mean, what a leader with a dilemma, right? 
How do I lead? You know, this is her dilemma. How do I lead if I've made mistakes? I don't, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Anyone ever feel that way? You know, oh man, I've, I've messed up, so that's it. I can't lead. I've done wrong. Well, well I can't. Who's going who's gonna to believe in me? And, and that's, that, that's a hopeless world, right? That's, that's a hopeless life. I mean, uh, when I think about who Jesus is, that's not my Jesus. Is Jesus simply the one who walks on water, holier than thou, unrelatable? No, not at all. Not my Jesus. My Jesus is the one who came and was, was stricken with grief. The one whose appearance was marred in such a way that you couldn't even recognize it anymore. The one who was tempted in every single way. The one who released signs, wonders, and miracles. The deaf hear, the, the blind saw, the lame walked. There were the, 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 the John 5, the man at the pool of Bethesda. Was it 28 years? Lame. Gets up and walks. Your sins are forgiven. I mean, like, that's my Jesus. My Jesus says that you will do greater things than me. My Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, it will be done. My Jesus says that, that when you loose sins here on earth, they'll be loosed in heaven. And when you loose things in heaven, they'll be loosed here on earth. It, my Jesus isn't just that, that guy who walks on water. He's, he is actually so much more. He is the God man. He is the one who understands both suffering and joy. Yes. Right? He has the ability to empathize with us. He has the ability to, to meet us right where we're at, but also call us higher. Wow. He is the one that gave himself over to death, but didn't stay dead. He resurrected. See, we got to jump in, guys. We got we, we to realize the both and. We got we to learn to live in that middle place. The tension between the tensions of extremes. To have both victory and suffering. To have both miracles and uh, joy or miracles and, and, and emotion. It's not enough for us just to have victory, right? God is calling us. He's calling us up and out. He's teaching us how to get healed up in our emotions. I mean, the, the song that we sang this morning, Aaron, what a, what a phenomenal, the whole worship team just did a phenomenal job this morning, didn't they? Yeah, come on. And I was, and I was, I was thinking about that last bridge. There's, a, there's no wall that you wouldn't kick down, no shadow you wouldn't light up, right? All these things, because the, the ferocious love of God, right? Just that, that love that's, that will just never stop, that's just pursuing us and tracking us down and running after us, right? And I just thought to myself, this, this thought just comes deep within my heart and my mind that, that God this morning is restoring dignity. His image, our image. What is his image, you know? He is the image of the invisible God. What is the image that he portrays? What is the image? How, who is he in our life? You know, we live in a world where uh, men, there's people that are all around us have all kinds of different needs. 
God doesn't want us to be a one-trick pony. You know, uh, you know, for the longest time, I thought I was the uh, church police. Yeah, I was the uh, church word police. You know, I, would, I, I got to go around like a hall monitor and, you know, and someone said anything that didn't seem biblical. Oh, I got to, oh, that's not biblical. Oh, oh that, that, that's an ungodly belief. Oh, oh, that's, uh, well, that's a better root judgment right there, brother. Oh, that's <laughs> the word police. Oh, I'm so glad I've been demoted from that job. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my heart was in the right place, I promise. God is calling us to be relatable. But we have to be careful that we're not being pessimistic. We have to make sure that in our relatableness that we're not becoming skeptical. That we're not becoming hopeless. See, this song, that's all I see. I see pessimism, the idea that, that, that evil outbalances or is bigger than good. Skepticism, where question everything, question authority, question leadership. Don't trust anything. Question everything. And if you want an answer, just Google it. I mean, we don't need authority anymore. We have Google. I have Google. I, if you want to become a subject matter expert at anything, all you got to do is Google it, right? Question everything. Believe no one. Believe nothing. That's skepticism. That's, you know, 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us, love believes all things. Oh, love believes all things. I mean, I'm so grateful that the God that we serve, the God that has revealed himself, the one that has the, 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 the icon, the image of the invisible God, he's the one that believes all things, hopes in all things. I mean, how many, how many can look at your life and, and, and thank God that he hopes in all things? <laughs> Come on, because God's the one who finishes the work he starts, right? God is the author and the perfecter of our faith, right? He's rewriting our story. Though I fall today, what was God calling me to do? He's calling me to get back up. That's hope, right? That his grace is sufficient for all of my, our needs. Romans 8, 24, that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit cooperates with us in our weakness. I always, I always like to see myself in the passenger seat with the wheel. You know, driver's ed? Anyone do driver's ed? They want to have the, the secondary wheel with guys holding it and like shifting it back and forth. I like to think of myself as that guy, right? I'm, I'm driving this vehicle of life in great weakness, but who's cooperating with me? Holy Spirit, he's in the driver's seat. Cooperating with me in my weakness. That's hope. That's hope. Though I fail as a leader, I have hope that God will redeem the situation, <laughs> that God will heal up the brokenhearted, <laughs> right? I remember a young man uh, was working for me in my small business out in Virginia Beach. And um, this was a great failure in my leadership. Uh, and so I offer it to you this morning as a way of what not to do. But uh, there was a young man who had quite a, uh, just a handful of issues, um, just, just ha- had 
numerous constraints, showing up to work on time, um, you know, leaving work early, uh, never telling, you know, always having an excuse of why he needs, why he can't be there. And just, oh, a lot of excuses, 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 excuses. And so in my, in my young leadership, I, I thought, okay, well, I just got to forbear him. I just got to grip my teeth and put up with it and be patient, you know, and, and, you know, God's grace is sufficient. And, 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 and all I'm finding though, is I'm just getting madder and madder and madder. I'm getting more and more frustrated. And, and, and I'm not, there is zero discipline in my language. I have zero, I have zero uh, ability to say, hey, can I just challenge this excuse for a second? I couldn't do it. I just thought I had to grin and bear it and be like God. And uh, that, 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 <laughs> that boat sailed. <laughs> that ship came and went. And I found myself, you know, just absolutely angry and said, oh, we're having a meeting. This is it. We're, we're going to sit down and we're going to hash this out. And for the next five minutes, I laid into this poor young man, this poor young man who really was actually just doing the very best job he knew how. And uh, I was doing the very best, <laughs> the very best job I knew how. And it was completely, fl- <laughs> it was completely fallen. It was completely wrong. But I remember this story, and, I, and I, I bring up this story even today because I know that I've had failures, right, as a leader. But I can't let those failures, I can't live in the regret of those failures. Right? God is drawing us out of the regret of failures. Failures only lead to pessimism, only lead to skepticism, only lead to hopelessness, unbelief. Jesus died. For our failures. Come on, guys. We don't have to live in regret anymore. I shared last time I spoke about uh, a reunion I've been having with my dad, my biological dad. Uh, I hadn't seen my dad uh, since I was in seventh grade. And so I'd been praying about it for years, just saying, God, your time is my time. And uh, he, uh, through a series of events, God events, he, uh, he went into the hospital he was deathly sick. And my sister called me up who had a relationship with him and said, hey, listen, if you ever want to see your dad, this is a time he's dying. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. And uh, it just so happened that he had gone into the hospital the, just several days before I was uh, going up to Connecticut for Christmas. And so I got up to Connecticut. And I said, okay, God, this surely is the time. And so I, uh, I, I jumped in my van and I drove an hour and a half down the road across the other side of Connecticut and, uh, and to, to go find my dad. Now, the good news was that he made it out of the hospital. He, he wasn't dying and that he was on, his ro- on the road to recovery. And so I show up at his house. It's, a, it's around 5.30 in Connecticut, ice cold winter. It's December 18th. Uh, the sun's going down, so it's getting colder by the second. And I'm walking down the, the, the backside of his driveway. I have no idea. I've never been to this house before. I only have an address and a name. <laughs> and I knock on the door and he comes out. And I say, I say, Walter Mitchell. And he says, yeah. And I say, I'm your youngest son, Aaron. And from, and from this encounter, God begins to awaken my father's heart. Now, my father is an, uh, is, is an incredible man. 
And he, one of his, one of his kind of mantras, he has, he's, you know, he, 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 he likes his isolation and he likes his seclusion. And, and so he has things that he says to himself all the time. But one of his latest ones is, man, Aaron, I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I've missed your whole life. I've totally screwed up. And I'm like, oh, dad. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, like, there's something about that that's like, like, I can feel his love, but there's also something about that that he's just drowning, drowning in misery, drowning in regret, drowning in bitterness, right? Drowning in unforgiveness. And I, found my, I find myself in moments reaching out to him, not as a son, but as a father. His image, our image. See, it's, uh, we can't be a one-trick pony, I can't just sit there with my dad and say, okay, dad, that, well, that's actually an ungodly belief. And uh, Romans 5.5 5 says, uh, uh, dad, actually, I'm your son, and you're kind of putting stuff on me. That's a boundary that we have to create right now. And, uh, you know, this really is all about me, right? You're dad. I'm the son. And dad, this is, let me just give you a quick infomercial on how dad should be. And, um, and I'll be the son, and you be the dad, you know? That, that'll be cool. In an instance of a moment, I find myself seeing the Father in my midst, seeing my heavenly Father. And I reach out to him. I say, Dad, no doubt. I get it. But what we have is we have today. How will we live today? And you can just see him. You know, I don't want to live in today. I want to live in yesterday. That's what pessimism does, right? It, it, it squashes us down. It pulls us away. It, it, it unbelief festers in our heart. But God, but God showed up in my dad's kitchen and gave him hope. God showed up and said, There's, there, you, son, you have options. You know, it, it's like that John 5 the man at the pool of Bethesda. He's been sitting there years upon years. People keep stepping over him and jumping into the waters as the angels stir the waters and people are getting in healed. He's like, oh, another, you know, another failed opportunity. You know what I mean? That guy must have been so upset. He must have been so grieved in his heart. And Jesus shows up one day as he steps over lots of lame people and he comes to this one man and he asks him, do you want to be healed? What a question, huh? What a question. I wonder, I wonder, I can't help but think that in that man's heart, at least a portion of his heart said no. Right? I mean, how many years has he been there? Sitting on a mat, completely lame, everyone just stepping over him. Everyone walking all over him. That's his home. That's where he lives. People are just, just having their way. I can't imagine he was very hopeful about the future. I really can't. He might have had a little hope, and that's why he was there. But suddenly, Jesus shows up, and now there's options. Whoa. Isn't that what God does? Isn't that I mean, that's just something I love about God. It's how he creates options in the midst of impossibilities, in the midst of our life and our circumstances, when things haven't gone our way. Jesus releases options. Yeah, come on.
Jesus releases options. Come on, that's my God. My God just doesn't walk on water and just, and just sit up on his throne. My God comes down from his throne. You know, Philippians 2.6 says that he didn't grasp equality with God as something to be, to be understood. But he, it says that he, he took off his garments of divinity, took off his divine robes, and took on the robes of a servant. Whoa. He didn't come in glory and pomp and circumstance. He didn't come ruling and reigning as a great military figure. I mean, that's what they wanted. You know, I was reading in Acts the other day. Do you know what the first question the disciples asked Jesus once he's risen? Jesus dies, right? End of Luke. The book of Acts starts, right? Jesus is in the grave. The disciples have all gone back to their work. They're all highly depressed. Trust me. Right? Their, their, their world has been literally turned upside down. You can't spend three years with Jesus and then he just goes away in an instance of a moment and not affect you. <laughs> and Jesus returns to them and they're like, whoa, Jesus. Do you know what the first question they ask him? <laughs> the very first question. They say, when are you going to restore the kingdom? When are you, you going to take over Rome? When are you going to defeat? When are you going to be an incredible military leader and just rule and reign in this world and just, just knock down walls? And he's like, he's like, I want you to wait for the promise. Wow. I want you to wait for the promise. The Father's promise is coming. See, when I think about his image, our image, I think about this glorious life that we have. I think about the God who is revealing himself so that we can change, so that we can have options, so that we can empathize with those who are hurting in our world, so that we can listen. Come on, guys, we gotta, we got to become great listeners. We can't be the sage on the stage. The sage on the stage is old guard thinking, the one who has all the answers. We have to be like Henry Nouwen says, we have to be men and women with open arms, being able to embrace the sick, the poor, people who are hopeless, to actually embrace them, to cry with them as they cry, to feel what they're feeling, yes, to release miracles, yes, yes. Yes, to absolutely be the answer to their circumstance in their life. See, that's his image, our image. He is the God-man. We need to toe that line, ladies and gentlemen. We need to be those that walk that line, that straight and narrow line of being just like God, being in God, being in Christ, and also being in this mortal flesh and understanding that we live in a world full of pain and suffering. And people are looking for an answer. People are looking for hope. Eminem is looking for hope. Come on. We need someone to reach out to Eminem. Come on. We need someone to reach out to Beyonce. Come on, absolutely. Come on. They don't have it all. Let me tell you. If they don't have Christ, they don't have it all. You can have all the riches of this world. You can have all the riches of this world. But I'm telling you, if you don't have Christ, there's no, there's no answer. Money's not going to solve the problem, ladies and gentlemen. We can throw money at sin and suffering all day long and it won't change it won't necessarily change anything. Christ 
It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let me tell you, I, I have a testimony because I've been through a test. Yeah, yeah. And God has saw me through that test. And he saw me through test after test after test. You know, I was, when I, I, was with my, uh, I was with my dad. This is my second visit with my dad, right? The first visit, we talked about all of his medical problems. <laughs> it was really awkward. I won't, even, I won't even begin to tell you about them. <laughs> it was weird. My second visit. I'm so glad. I'm so, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, have to re, I have to be reserved. I actually, uh, I really felt like even from the Holy Spirit, I, I actually have to be a bit guarded, right? I, I, I don't suppose too much, Aaron. Like, don't, don't, don't think you know him. You don't. Okay. You know, walk lightly, right? So I'm there. He goes, oh, oh, uh, oh Aaron, um, uh, you know, when I die, uh, can you give this painting to your sister? And I'm like, um, yeah. I was like, let's well, just get a Sharpie out and write her name on the back. And, you know, I'm not going to remember this painting, you know, 20 years. He goes, oh, oh, well, um, one more thing. Uh, he's like, uh, can you give, he goes to his safe, pulls out this massive envelope, thick envelope. Oh, he's like, can, can you give this to your brother? It's just full of bearer bonds. I, I don't need them anymore. I'm not going to do anything with them. And I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm wigging out right now. I'm, I'm tripping right now. <laughs> Sister gets the painting. Brother gets the stack of, you know. <laughs> and nothing comes. Nothing. Nothing at all. I'm like, and I'm, and I'm in this, I'm in this moment of, I'm in this moment of flesh. I'm in this moment of, of the, the I'm operating this vehicle of life and, and there's great weakness coming out. I am failing right now at a heart level to be in joy. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time being joyful for my siblings who are getting all the stuff. What about me, God? What about my inheritance? You know, and, and in an instance of a moment, Holy Spirit is right there. And he says, son, do you want the stuff or do you want the relationship? Ooh, yeah. Well, and suddenly, not, and it wasn't painful, I'm telling you. Suddenly, I, 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 I just found myself slipping right back into joy. Man, that's what I want, God. The stuff isn't going to solve anything. The, son, the stuff doesn't make me any more of a son. It's the relationship that makes me a son. See, his image, our image, the image that he portrays to us is a relational image. He's relating to us. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's empathized. He's, he's with us. He's, his arms are around us in the midst of this life. Absolutely. Right where we're at. He doesn't call. He doesn't, he doesn't say, okay, come on. Come on, Don. Come on. You got, if you can make it here, you can make it right over here. You'll be a son. Come on. You can do it. Come on. I'm over here. Come on. No, he doesn't do that. No, he runs. He runs. You know, when one of the sheep, when, when the one leaves the 99, he leaves the 99. He goes and looks for the one. And what's he do when he finds that one? He slaps it up the side's head. He scorns it, right? <laughs> Kicks it. Dumb sheep. Do you know how long I've been walking? I've been worried sick about you. I need a new wool jacket. I'm destined to have lamb chops tonight. 
No, he doesn't say any of that, actually. You know what he says? With great, it says, with great joy, he picks up the sheep, he throws it on his shoulders, and he rejoices. Whoa. Meeting us right where we are at. God is absolutely relatable. God is absolutely so present right where we're at. In the midst of our circumstances, in light of our heart, he is right there present with us. He does not stand on the outside, but he stands on the inside of us. This is my Jesus. This is Jesus, the God-man. The one who heals the sick and binds up the brokenhearted. <laughs> Come on, let's be more like Jesus, amen? Stand to your feet. So today I want to pray with you. God is releasing, he is releasing his divinity. He is releasing his glory to pull us up and to pull us out. Come on, God is pulling us up and he's pulling us out. You know, I shared that testimony about my dad. I really felt very impressed by the Lord to share that this morning because God's doing something in families. God's doing, God's, God has not given up on your family. Come on, guys, God has not given up on your family. You need to just grab a hold of that. If you know God hasn't given up on your family, if you need a miracle in your family, you just pull it right down. Just reach up to heaven. God, we just pull miracles down into our families right now, God. Restoration, God. Forgiveness flowing right now, God. Right now in our families, God. For every broken relationship, God, we speak life, God. For every pain and for all the pain and suffering, God, we speak hope, God. We speak joy, God. We speak restoration, Jesus. Deep within our families, prodigals coming home. Fathers and mothers turn to sons and daughters. God, we just say yes. We just say yes to your spirit of adoption within our families, God. That they may know you, God. That they may know you. That they may know you, God. Our grandparents, our parents, God. Come on, just grab a hold of that parent. Just pull them right down in. That son, that daughter, that grandson, that granddaughter, that nephew. Pull them right in. We just say yes. We just welcome you home right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we just commit this morning your image, our image. We commit that to you, God. God, whatever that looks like in the world in which we live, God. God, to the brokenhearted, we'll, we'll be brokenhearted. God, to those who need a miracle, we'll be, we will release a miracle, God. To those who are hungry, we'll feed the hungry, God. God, we just make that commitment to you. Those who, are, who need clothing, we'll clothe. Those who need a father and mother in their life, will be a father and mother. God, we just say yes. We just say yes to what you're doing in this world. God, we're just so grateful to be a part of your plan, your mission. God, we just say we love you this morning. We absolutely love you. We worship you. Yeah. Shut God up. Yes. Yes. Father, we just say thank you that you're the God of all hope. And God, I thank you where there's been regret and disappointment. You're creating options. Ha, 
God, for every impossibility, come on, everyone in this room, I bet you has an impossibility in their life. For every impossibility, I speak options right now in Jesus' name. I speak options to business owners. I speak options to parenting skills. Ah, Yes. Options, options, options. We thank you for the release of options right now, God. Broken relationships, options. Marriages, options. Come on, God's releasing it this morning. There's a, there's a release of glory this morning. God, we just say yes to all of your options, God. God, when there's no way, you make a way. You're the way maker, Jesus. We just say yes to you this morning. We say yes to you this morning, Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Yes, 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 God. Yes, God. We say yes. We say yes to you this morning. Yes, to every impossibility of health. If you have a health impossibility, mm, ah, I say yes. I say options. I say options right now in Jesus' name. I say options to diabetes right now in Jesus' name. Options to Alzheimer's right now in Jesus' name. Any kind of blood disease, options in the name of Jesus. Autoimmune, options in the name of Jesus. I say diabetes, go in Jesus' name. You have an option, go. Clogged arteries, options in Jesus' mighty name. Ah, yes, God. Future. Ooh, just have a sense there's a block in, in our future and just in the aspects of our future, blocks. Ah, oh, that'll never happen. I'll never get that job. I'll never make it into the ministry. I'll never be a small business owner. Options in the name of Jesus right now. Options. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed you will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Ha shikiara ba 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 ba. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Shikiana ba 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 ba. Yes, God. Yes, God. And the last one, depression. You've got to go. The fog of confusion, you have to go. Chemical imbalances, be filled in Jesus' name. We just say options right now. Anxiety, you're not our friend. Anxiety, you're not my friend. Come on, if that's you, depression, you're not my friend. Sadness, you're not my friend. Yes. We just say options right now. God, we just say options right now. In the name of Jesus. Ha, shiki anda ba ba ba. Oh, I feel like I can keep going on breathing. Yes. Anyone with asthma? Is there anyone with asthma breathing? Hard time breathing in the lungs. Come on, options, 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 options right now. The expanding of lungs right now. Options in the name of Jesus. Come on. Hands are going up all over this room. Ha, shiki ba. God, we just say we trust you, God. God, we just thank you that you're the God of all comfort, God, in the midst of this life and in the midst of this world, God. In the midst of that which is broken, God, we just thank you that you're present, God. 
God, we thank you that you're, you sympathize and you empathize with us, God, that you hold us in, in, our, in our times of deficit, God, in our times of mourning, God. You hold us. You comfort us, God. You wipe away every tear, God. God, we just thank you that you're big enough to be there in the midst of the pain. And God, we also thank you that you're big enough to move our mountains. <laughs> you are big enough to move every mountain. Come on. Come on. Give it up. Come on. We say we trust you, Lord. Move the mountains, God. Move the mountains. In Jesus' name. <laughs>